1: Lift up your hands and say, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I declare that my mind is ready, my spirit is open, I receive the life-transforming word, with faith, in a meaningful way. I declare by faith that my life is changed. I'm not only challenged by the word, I'm changed and transformed by the word, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Shout a better amen. Okay, come with me to the book of philippians chapter 1 verse 1 to 8 philippians chapter 1 verse 1 to 8 philippians 1 verse 1 to 8 you know that the series we've been on for some time now is the uncommon church somebody say the uncommon church Church. Uh, the uncommon church and we began the uncommon church by starting with the birth of the uncommon church okay let's look at it Amen? amen okay come with me this letter is from paul and timothy slaves of christ jesus I'm writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the church leaders and Dickens. Verse 2 May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Somebody say grace and peace. grace and peace. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy, for you have been partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So it is right that you feel as I do about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with tender compassion of Christ Jesus. Alright, so that is the letter, it's the introduction to the letter. And I I constantly read this because I want you to know where we are before we take you from where we are starting from. This is the book we are studying. This was the introduction to the letter. It helps you to see this church as an uncommon church. Come to Acts chapter 16, verse 11 to 15. This is where we see the church begin. Acts 15, 16. We boarded a boat at Troas and sailed straight across the island of Sumatriz, the next day, we landed at Neapolis, verse twelve. From there, we reached Philippi, a major, city, a major city of that district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank, where we thought people would be meeting for prayer. And we sat down to speak with some women. Somebody say some women. Some women, some women. Some women who had gathered there. So they went to a place where they are looking for a place where people are praying. And apparently when they got there, is only women who are, who are met and praying. So women have loved prayer since. Amen. May you be a prayerful woman. It, it is a blessing when a woman knows how to pray. A woman who prays can make a lot of difference. It doesn't mean that the husband must not pray. The Bible said, I would have men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands. But if you're a woman and you know how to pray, you are a great blessing. Amen. You are a great blessing. You are a great blessing. You can make a lot of difference. Because women uniquely have been gifted with a womb. And as a, a womb is a place where things are incubated and nurtured and released. So when you create that spiritual atmosphere, you can give birth to amazing things. And I pray that the women in this house will be women who will give birth to great things. Amen. Shout an amen. amen. Okay, so the Bible says they had gathered there to pray. Now look at verse number 14. Let's read it together. One one of them was Lydia from Titeria, a merchant of expensive purple clothes who worshiped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. Now, if you are going to ever be transformed by the word of God, as you listen week in and week out, you, your heart needs to be open. The Bible says she listened. But the Lord opened her heart and she accepted. But you see, you can hear the right thing, but your heart can be hurting. God has to open your heart. God is about to do something very, very significant in the history of Christianity. And he's going to start it with one woman. And the first, first thing the grace of God does in that woman's heart is to open her heart. You see, there were many women there, but only one woman responded. Look at it one of them that's why her name is singled out it's not by accident one of them was lydia from tytheria a merchant of expensive people who worshiped god as she listened to us the lord opened her heart that's why she responded her heart was open all the others their heart probably was closed their heart was probably occupied with other things so they didn't open up but this one opened up and she received and she became another person sometimes two people can hear the same thing and their lives are the same Their, their lives are not different Some people in this same church, marriages are working big time because of the word of God that comes here. But yet, people are also struggling because somebody has hardened his heart. He will not work with the word of God. If you are going to get the best out of anything, your attitude towards God's word matters a lot. The Lord opened her heart. And I pray that this is grace. It's not that she opened her heart. God opened her heart. All the women there, she was the one that was chosen. God has always chosen people uniquely. Grace is when God decides to step into a matter and select somebody and it's not based on any natural reason. It is just divine selection. He comes to Nazareth, he's looking for a woman to incubate his son and conceive and bring this child out and he looks at no other person but a peasant, a little woman somewhere who is not known anywhere. Mary, he singles her out raises her up, and she becomes a global celebrity. Every Christmas time, Mary's name is mentioned. Why? Because God and grace located her. The grace of God, which we are talking about this year, will locate you. And it will take you to where you belong. In the name of the Lord, nothing will rob you of your proper destiny in Christ. You will fulfill your purpose and your calling in Jesus' name. Shout a better amen. Amen. Okay, so this woman's heart is open, and then the Bible says, She was baptized, verse 15, she was baptized along with other members of her household, and she asked us to be her guest. Okay, so she was baptized, she she had a household, and then she asked us to be her guest. Look at what she said. If you agree that I'm a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she ate us until we agreed. Now, it's beautiful the things that the gospel of Christ can do. When the gospel of Christ is truly believed, it transforms people. In the way people genuinely receive the gospel, it brings transformation to them. Total transformation. You see, if you receive the gospel and you see that your life is still the same, two things are uh, responsible. Either you have not genuinely responded to the gospel or... You are not growing in your knowledge of Christ. These two things. anywhere. the this, this woman's response. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, is what? A new creation. All things are passed away. God, all things are becoming new. This woman comes to meet them. She op- God opens her up. She accepts the gospel. And immediately, everything changes. She's never met these people before. And she says, come to my home. Can you imagine that? That is only what the grace of God can accomplish her fear this is a woman she's living in a house with only women and you want to invite four gentlemen to come and stay you've not met them anywhere you just met them at the riverside at the prayer meeting and they come it's something supernatural had happened in her life i'm not communicating here may something supernatural happen in your life Amen. you see i'm talking about SL today on relationships there are some relationships eh? they they just start some relationship don't start on a very good note but they can end very well. Some relationships also start on a very supernatural level. One of the blessings I have had in my life, apart from my wife, apart from Reverend Bright, and uh, uh, Reverend Bright, as far as life and ministry is concerned, is Apostle Francis. Amen. He's such a great blessing. He's a friend I love. (laughs) I visited him last uh, Friday. I went to Sianne and back. But you see, how did we meet? We met on social media. Somebody has spoken to him about me. I have not been spoken to about him at all. And I was just on social media. I just saw him and then uh, my spirit just felt like sending something across. I sent something across. I sent him a message, messenger, whether I could call. I called and somebody I've never met. We spoke for almost one hour or a little over one hour. Our spirit's connected and it has connected ever since. I pray that strategic relationships will be better in your life. (laughs) This woman meets them. So sometimes, oh, I don't know. That's why you have to be spirit-led. As many as are led by the Spirit of God. You can meet somebody and say the person says, I need your help. He you say, I don't know you. How can you come? I need a place to stay. How can you come to my home? I mean, you tell anybody in the natural. It doesn't make sense. But if you are going to enjoy the best of God's grace, you have to be led by the Spirit. If you are not spiritually spirit-led, you will struggle through life. Praise the Lord. You have to be. This church was born because Paul and the team were spirit led. They were directed by the spirit to go to Philippi and that's where they met this woman. And this woman's heart was also open. The spirit of God led her again to receive them and everything changed. Something would change in your life this year. In fact something has already started changing in your life. Something supernatural is happening. That's key. She brings them in. All her fears and her inhibitions are gone. She opens up, receives them. But she didn't know that what she had just done was to set her up eternally to be a memorial. To be someone that many years will come and go. And many years down the line. This happened far away in Europe at the time. But here we are in 21st century. This is way, 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 uh, what do you call it? uh, Many years. This church was born, I think, around uh, 50 AD or so. That's when the church was born. So if you look at it, centuries have passed, and we are still talking about her. And I'm not the only person talking about Lydia. Many others have talked about her. If you read commentaries about her, amazing things have been written about her. One decision that the Spirit of God guided her to make. One act of kindness she demonstrated. Everything changed. And you know what? In the kingdom, her influence is even massive. Apart from the impact she made on on the earth. In the kingdom, her influence is eternally massive. And you will get to see it. This is a woman through whom the gospel will come to uh, Europe. And through Europe, nations have been imparted through the gospel. One of the continents that has influenced the gospel of Christ Jesus globally is Europe. Europe has so imparted. In fact, it is just the last recent hundred years... That America overtook Europe in, in terms of advancing the cause of Christ. And so, if there is one person we can refer to, it is this woman. That's why her life is ready for us to consider. Okay? So, they came to stay, and a woman, everything started. This morning, I am teaching on what I've captioned the profile of the uncommon Christian. And this is part one the profile of the uncommon Christian. I've already told you, the person we are talking about is Lydia. She was an uncommon Christian. Now, if you look at Lydia, the text we read from 16 verse 13 to 15, a few things are mentioned about Lydia, the New Living Translation there. Okay. On the Sabbath, we went there and a few women there, verse 14, one of them whose name is? One of them whose name is what? Uh-huh. So we are, we are giving her name we are giving her work. She's a merchant of expensive purple cloth. She was into uh, tester industry, tester making and all of that. She's, and she was into it big time. Very, very successful business person by all standards. Then we are told, who worshiped God as the Lord of She accepted. Verse 15. 15 gives us another clue about her life. 15. She and her household. So obviously she had a house and she had other people living in the house. She and her household. You see that her husband's name is not mentioned here because in the culture at the time, if she had a husband, it would be the husband who is leading the way. But this woman, obviously, uh, for uh, certain reasons, nobody can tell whether she's a divorcee, she's single, she's never been married or whatever. But she was so successful that in spite of her state, she had her own house and the house was big enough to have a lot of other women live there. The house was big enough want to accommodate guests paul silas timothy and dr luke if there were other guys we didn't know but all of these people came under her umbrella she had to feed them for as long as they stayed there whatever the bills were she had to cover all of that she was not an uncommon woman she was loaded i pray that the women here will be loaded now listen she was not hosting them on her husband's expense at her husband's expense she was hosting them from her own account it's my prayer that in this church, women will be so empowered, so rich, so loaded that they will advance. They will have the wherewithal to advance the cause of Christ. Can I have a believing amen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is not a, high, a church where you, your greatest dream and ambition is to marry a rich man. No. The, if you're a lady, your greatest dream is to be so rich that men would want to look at you. Yeah. You see, when you're a woman and you don't have anything to offer, your options are limited. But when you are a woman and you have so much to offer, the proposals come from many angles. Okay. So what you need to do if you are single is to add value to yourself. Rather than sit down and wait, when will God give me a husband? Keep on adding value to yourself. Okay. Keep on learning. Keep on increasing your wealth. Because the price, the, 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 the uh, virtuous woman is of high price. She has value. What's your value? What's your value? What do you bring to the table? You are not working. You are looking for somebody to come and marry you and change your destiny. Why don't you marry somebody and change the person's destiny? Why why is your mind so twisted that you are only looking in one direction? Am I communicating here? That's the kind of woman I want you to be. One of my daughters passed through the office. I actually called her for a meeting on Thursday also. And I was telling her that if you're a woman and your highest ambition or goal in life is to marry, you you will leave... uh, a a wahala life. Am I communicating here? You will never have a meaningful life as a person if your highest goal is to marry. Because see, once that is your highest goal, when you go, you get into marriage, you'll be looking for every kind of fulfillment from that relationship. And those people will always be miserable. Am I communicating here? Those people will always be miserable. (laughs) They will always be miserable. (laughs) You have to have a sense of purpose in your life when a man comes or there is no man you should have your way in life i'm not communicating here because not everybody will marry the truth of it is, not everybody will marry now somebody listen somebody may not marry because god has ordained them not to marry there are people who are married and they have challenges because they were not even supposed to marry in the first place and they have gone to marry so problems will come i'm not communicating here and there are those who would decide to marry because uh, god wants them to marry You have to... I'm talking about being led by the Spirit of God. You have to know yourself and be guided by the Spirit of God and take an important decision. Africans think that if you're a woman and you don't marry, you don't have wealth. And I want you to know that in our church, you won't think like that. As long as I remain the pastor of (laughs) this church. Your wealth... Listen, your wealth in life should not be tied to your husband. Have wealth by yourself. In Africa, if you, you don't marry as a woman you don't have a child as a woman, we don't see value in you. That is wrong. That's very wrong, and it's not biblical. And if I look around me, I look into scripture, and you look globally, women who have made a difference, some of them had no child. There are many women who had 10, 12 children, but we don't know them as much as we know Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa was a Catholic nun. She never married, because Catholic nuns don't do. I don't know whether now they do side by side, I don't know. But, but those times proper, they didn't do. And that woman is a global celebrity. We don't know her biological children, but many lives have been touched by her. Am I communicating here? You have to understand that purpose defines life. What makes life meaningful, what makes life impactful is purpose. And when you have purpose and then you have meaningful relationships around, it makes all the difference. We are talking about the profile of the uncommon woman. A few things about this woman. If you look into the scripture, we see, we are told, about Lydia, her profile, the first Christian convert. Somebody say first Christian convert. Yes. First Christian. Lydia is seen as the first Christian convert. And we also told that she was a very successful business person. Have you seen that also? Probably single, it's not clear from the scripture, but she had a lot of people in her household. Her husband's name is not mentioned. And that era, husbands ruled the house. So if he was there, it would be known. And then the Bible says... We are not told also of a biological children. Obviously, where there are no husbands, you may not have that. But this woman had a house all to herself. And I've told you it was big enough. You see her prosperity, but the work she was doing, you see her prosperity, but the home he owned, she owned. You see her prosperity, but the kind of people who lived in a home. Look at Acts chapter 16, verse 40, New Living Translation. Acts 16, 40. Speak in tones for the next few minutes. Acts 16.40, New 11 translation. shadavadi Now look at this. This is after Paul and Silas left prison. They had been beaten and arrested and kept in jail. They left prison and as soon as they left prison, the Bible said they headed straight. When Paul and Silas left the prison, they returned to the home of Lydia. Lydia forced them to stay in their home. Paul was hesitant because obviously at, at that time, Paul and Silas went to preach. And the team, they didn't do anything. They arrested them and put them in prison. So imagine that four guys, if there were more, we can't tell. But at least from the record of us, four guys, they come and stay in a woman's house. house. And in that house, only women. When they went to preach, people lied on them. So now that they are staying in the home of women, you can imagine what people will see. They are taking advantage of those women. They are sleeping with those women. That must have gone on. So Paul uh, did not initially want to do that because Paul was very careful about his reputation. But the woman so insisted. When I think about Lydia and what she insisted that be done for Christ and the gospel, another woman that really comes to mind is the Shunammite woman who met Elijah She said, come and stay in my house. Listen, as a woman in this house, God will bless you so much. You will have property. I said, the Lord will prosper you to have property. Come and stay in my house. The Bible said they went to the home. There, they met with the believers and encouraged them once more. Then they left. Can you imagine? So, you see, they came there. That's where the church started. The church started by the Riverside. They moved it to her home. And the church was in their home for some time until further notice. The church that is going to impart the continent of Europe, the church that is going to impart the Christian body globally, started from somebody's uh, veranda or something. Never despise small beginnings. say never despise small beginnings. Okay, so what our case is to look at this uncommon woman. And that's what we started looking at in the first service. So we are looking at lessons from this first Christian. That is what I've captioned the profile of the uncommon woman. The, the uncommon Christian. The first thing we see about her, we are taught about Lydia, is her personality. Somebody say her personality. I'm going to use about... Six pieces. There are actually seven. But one of them, when we come to the book of Philippians, the letter to Philippians, we'll be working with that. So I'll keep it to later. But I'm going to walk you through six pieces that are foundational to who this woman became and the difference she made. The first thing is her personality. Somebody say her personality. Yes. Now you have to understand that in the era that these women lived in, women were not given a chance. They were marginalized. They were... Treated as just objects. If you had a wife, you could treat her as a cloth that you are tired of. If you get tired of it, you say, I don't want you again. I need something fresh. Go away. So they came to Jesus and they asked him, Can a man put away his wife for any reason? That's what they told Jesus. So, any reason. I own my cloth for me, she burns it. He said, Enough. You won't burn another one. Go to your father's house. That was, women we were not empowered as such. And women needed to marry because they needed to economically depend on their parents, on their spouse. But in her case, she didn't marry and she was economically independent. But we are told of her personality. Somebody say her personality. personality. Sexism and chauvinism. A lot of people have practiced that. And some preachers even do so on the basis using scripture as a foundation. I encourage you to listen to part 1 or part 1A. the first service I will not have the time to go there but uh, one of the things you will see is that a woman a wife can either be a wow or a woe somebody say a wow wow. or a woe woe. somebody said that when you ask for a wife or a woman a woman is woe unto man woe unto man woe woe unto man that is woman okay and we looked at why people use scripture to do that. That's in the first service. In this service, I want you to appreciate that in God's view, a woman is not a woe unto man, a woman is a wow unto man. Amen. And I pray that the women here will become wow women. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, Be a wow woman. woman. Yeah. There is one woman in the scripture that the Bible calls her uh, as a wow woman. You remember that woman? Anybody of you remember the Bible says, who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. Proverbs chapter 31, 31 verse 30 to 31. She's amazing. That's a wow woman. For his Lord. That's a wow woman. And Lydia, the same can be said of Lydia. Lydia was an amazing woman. Fantastic woman. Powerful, powerful, powerful woman. You see, If you look into scripture, all the things people use against women, we nullify them in the first service. I want you to have a proper perspective about women. If you're a man and you want to marry, know women, understand a woman. Uh Don't don't allow the way you saw your father treat your mother, influence your view of women. Don't allow the way you were raised, probably in a village, in a certain setting. And it has influenced how you think and you see women. When you are a believer, your view about things, your view about life, your view about women, your view about money must be shaped and influenced by scripture and scripture alone. In, in Latin, they say sola scriptura. That is scripture and scripture alone. Not, not, there should not be any other. That's, it. That's what it's supposed to be. That's a a believer. A believer is ruled by scripture and scripture alone. So, no matter how what you saw from your home. In my home, I saw my father marry about uh, eight wives. Yeah, eight wives. But that's not what I'm doing. That's not my goal. I'm not communicating here because that is not my lifestyle. That is not scripture. So, once I have one, whatever it is, I keep it. That's what I have. That's scripture. I'm not communicating here. So, you don't use how my father treated to be your example. That's wrong. Scripture must be your life. Amen. You can be a wow woman. Somebody say you can be a wow woman. woman. And we see scripture. In the scriptures, we see a woman like Deborah. She was such a one woman. Deborah raised up and began to judge a nation. An assignment, a mighty man like Samson was given, and he failed. A woman like Deborah succeeded in that assignment. You will succeed in your life assignment. What of Esther? You know where anti-Semitism started? Anti-Semitism started in the days of Ahazarus. Esther. King Ahazarus. That's when it started. And that was so serious than what happened around the 1940s when Hitler massacred six million Jews. If that assassination attempt had succeeded, there wouldn't have been a Jewish presence on the earth today in the days of Esther. Who stood to stop that? One woman. Am I communicating here? Esther volunteered. He said, if I perish, one courageous, daring, bold woman, when men were running away, stood face to face and became an outstanding celebrity. There are only two names of women, in, of books written with names of women in scripture. One is Esther, the other is Ruth. Those were not uncommon. We look at a Ruth. Uh, she followed a woman in certain miserable circumstances and came all the way, a Gentile. Today, we find her as part of those who are in the genealogy of Christ. What of Rahab? Rahab is an amazing woman. She didn't start out too good. She started out as a prostitute. But her end became amazing. Where you start with in life does not matter as where you end. It's always important to appreciate that God is able to raise people from the floor. And set them on thrones of glory. Am I communicating here? And I pray that the women here will be lifted up like that. Maybe your father was not there. Your mother was not there. There was nobody to really help you as such. But in this season of grace, God will raise helpers for you. I said, in this season of grace, God will raise helpers for you. What of Jesus? Jesus had an amazing view about women. When God wanted to save men and all of humanity, he couldn't find a man to use. He had to find a woman. Her name was Mary. That's where a man Jesus came into the world. When Jesus resurrected from the dead, Mary Magdalene, they were there. Joanna, and uh, a a number Susanna, a group of women literally sponsors the ministry of Jesus. They gave to support the ministry of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Don't be a woman who is stingy. Your husband wants to give you and you are telling him it's too much. You will limit your capacity. I'm not communicating here. You encourage him. Let's do more. We are talking about ACAS. Let's invest in the kingdom of God. That is the kind of woman you should be. I'm not communicating. Women raised. Joanna, Susanna, they gave to assist Christ. They ministered out of their own substance, not out, out of their husband's face. Out of their own substance. I encourage people, I believe in joint giving, but I encourage people to individually give. If you're a husband, have your tight card. Wife, have your tight card. If you're operating a business, you can do a joint tight card together. i Am I communicating here? Yeah, that's what we do. Akas, I have my own pledge for the year, and it's fantastic. I spoke with mommy, and she told me her commitment for the year. Praise the Lord. That's, it's consistency. Do that. Learn how to give by yourself. When people, when you are able to rise above this material world, God commits true riches into your hands. I'm not communicating here. If you are a man, you are going to go far. The kind of woman around you and the advice he gives you will determine to a large extent who you become. Are you here with me? So Jesus' ministry had value for women. What of the early church. In the early church, you remember when Peter was arrested and kept in jail, and he was released after prayer. Peter came back knocking the door. They said, no, it cannot be Peter. One little girl is called Rhoda. She's the one. He said, it's Peter. I've seen it. This is not his shadow. It's Peter. When Jesus resurrected, Peter and John went to the gravesite. They couldn't believe. Mary Magdalene believed that Jesus was the one who had risen. Women who have faith can make a difference. I'm not communicating here. May you be a woman of faith. Amen. In the book of, in the letters of Paul, we see. Look at this with me. Look at this. Look at this. In the book that we are going to, we are studying. Philippians chapter four, verse two. Philippians four, verse two. I entreat you, dear, and I entreat, uh, to agree in the Lord. ESV. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women. Help what? who have labored side by side with me in the gospel. Women labored with Paul. Women going out on evangelism. Women preaching the gospel on the street. Women leading sales. I'm not communicating here. Women were laboring with Paul. You, you think your assignment is to I have a child, so your business is child. You will get to heaven and be surprised that God had more, to do, more for you to do than just raising those two children or four children. I'm not communicating here. If this woman had just lived her life for herself, her little self, we would not have been saved today. I'm not communicating here. Women are nurturers, so when they avail themselves to do a work, they can make a lot of difference. The Bible says these are who labored side and side with me. Now look at Romans. In Romans, Paul actually mentions a lot of people who actually made a difference in his ministry. Romans chapter sixteen, verse three, two romans 16 verse uh, 3 to 16 It said greet presla and aquila did you see that aquila is a male presla is a female and presla comes first because she was probably more active than uh, the husband Aqu- presla and aquila when scripture puts names together the one which comes first is not by accident if you look at the the records of the disciples of jesus most of the time it will start with simon peter then it follows that order because God believes in order. This woman was probably more active. You look at, in the modern times, it's Joyce Meyer, I see. Joyce Meyer, her husband, not many people know Mr. Meyer. He's not competing for a place. But he has seen that the wife has a ministry and she's pushing she's pushing her all around. The orderliness, the, the combination, the effectiveness is because the man is giving him the right support. Am I complicating here? Some of us may not have direct uh, ministry in the pulpit. But if our wives have, don't say, your place in the kitchen. Don't stay in church. Keep your wife. Listen, there is no valuable man whose wife is not valuable. Yeah, there is no valuable man whose wife is not valuable. If you see a man who has value, you will see the first in the wife. Because a man who has value adds value to others. If a woman is depreciating under your care, something is wrong. I know that sometimes you may want to help and some people are just too recalcitrant trying to help. But if a woman is under your care as a husband and she's not flourishing, something is fundamentally wrong. Either with the the, the kind of woman she is or with you as a person, as a husband, your responsibility. The Bible says husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and cared for it. Nourish it. That's what you do. You nourish the gifts and the abilities of men. If you are going to marry and trouble somebody's daughter, don't marry. If you are going to marry somebody's son and trouble him, don't marry. Am I communicating here? That's not what the union is for. The union is for divine purpose. How can you be staying at home and your wife is so troubled? Every time she sees you, she's, you know that your, heart, your wife has developed hard pressure because of you. And you are okay. You come to church and go home. You come, you sing, and you dance. And you are okay. That is not Christianity. Something is fundamentally wrong with your view of life. Am I communicating here? Yeah. Constantly, this woman is dealing with pain. She's in pain. You can see it and you can ignore it. What kind of human being are you? Are you a what? <laughs> now, but we, we see amazing women here. Now, look at this. Look at this with me. Amazing women here. He said, Great Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ. Do you see that? Husband and wife. Husband and wife. He would say, Ah, now, they say, Pastor, they are husband and wife. They are ignorant. That's why I'm teaching you scripture so you appreciate. Take we are? It's not husband and wife business. Every believer is called to be a soul winner. Is that not what every believer is? Called? So if I'm a soul winner, my wife is a soul winner, and we are in ministry, wouldn't we be partners in the ministry? Why should she be set aside? Now let's continue. He says, who risks, oh, look at this, who risk their necks for my life? Women risk their lives for. <laughs> risk. For he said, To whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Now, look at this. (laughs) I pray that your life will be found in a record like this. When we go to heaven, there's a hall of fame like that, written somewhere, and every church will have it. ELC will have its it's own, its wall. Pentecost will have its wall. And there are certain significant names that will be there. I pray that your name will be there. I pray that your name will be somewhere. You see, in the history of this church, God has used some people to do fantastic things. And I've watched them over the years see God transform their life from glory to glory. Amen. From glory to glory. Some of them don't like to be put on the spot. But you see, the reason why we are talking about Lydia is that her name is mentioned. That's why we know about Lydia. Yeah. So you don't, when you do the right thing and you are being commended, don't feel that it's not humility. When you are you being used as a positive example for others? Don't mention my name. It's not proper humility. Because what you do is to encourage other people to do the same. That's what we are doing. The Bible says, let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And let's encourage one another by our act of service as we see the days approaching. What will you be remembered for? That's what I want to ask you this morning. When you are not here, you see, on the earth, people will say, oh, if you were a there, if you were a there." But in heaven, what will you be remembered for? When you get there, what is to your name there? The Bible says that blessed are those who die in the Lord from henceforth that they may rest from their works. And their works follow them. There are works we do here. Cars we drive, houses we buy, children we have, we can't take them over. But our works for Christ, they will transit with us. Don't sit in church and just think that it's normal. No, God has not called you to live a normal Christian life. God has called you to make an impact in your generation. One woman's impact and influence has changed the face of Christianity forever. Her name, Lydia. No husband, no children, and was probably not uh, admired by many. But that's it. For whatever reason she wasn't married, we can't tell whether she wasn't beautiful, whatever. But today, she's the one we are talking about. May your generation talk about you. May your life make a difference. That's what I'm telling you. This is the picture I see in the next five years. If I'm looking for Christians in the church, people who know God, that's the kind of picture I see. Not people are living for self, but people are living for Christ and for others. When you read the book of Philippians, the summary of the book is Christ and others. Christ and others. Living for others. That's what it's about. And we'll get into it detail one after the other. But here, amazing list is given us. Somebody say amazing list. Amazing. Amazing. This is a list. So it's a list. And don't forget, the Bible is still being written. Turn to your neighbor and say the Bible is still being written. Bible. It's still being written. There is a book called the book of Acts. That book has no amen in the Bible. If you refer there now, it has no amen. And it is the book of the things that the believers who believe acted. Like we are reading about. When somebody believed, he received. Th- those actions they took. Somebody sold his land so that the church can go for it. That's the action. All of that. And that Bible, is st- that book is still being written. Why? Because we are also continuing to do. The book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, I write unto you, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Acts 1, 1, New King James. Of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, Jesus came, he did some things, he taught some things, and learned. When he was living, he said the Holy Spirit will come. When the Holy Spirit came, it empowered the apostles to continue to do and to teach. Now, is our time. The apostles laid the foundation. It's our time. The Spirit of God is working in us. To do and to teach. What are you doing and what are you teaching? What are you doing and what are you teaching? Look at the example they set for us. If you are to live this example, the example of your life now, the example of the things you believe in and are teaching now, can there other people who will come after us ever have hope? That's the question I want you to think about this morning. But that is a tall list. I won't uh, belabor the point. But if you read it one, you will see a lot of names there. Priscilla, Phoebe is mentioned, and all kinds of people. In our modern day, you know, uh, one of the things that has helped church work in our modern times is cell. Somebody say cell. Cell or a family. Some family we here, we call it families. Where we, come, uh, we group ourselves into small groups. That has helped the church of God to work over the years. In the early church, there was intense persecution. So the persecuted believers, anywhere the believers were, you remember how Paul got converted. He was actually looking for believers to kill them and to destroy them. So they were not having church buildings like we have now. They were meeting in small, small homes. That's where they were meeting. And in our modern era, if there is any church that is not strong in cell, it's not the church that has a future. If the church is not, like for instance, when COVID happened, we were not meeting here. But you see, small two or three people could meet at home. I'm not communicating here so though we were not meeting here, we could meet somewhere else if there is a war in ghana now god forbid we can't meet in a place like this but we can through the small groups we can continue to meet so whether uh, there is peace or there's war the church can go on china is uh, uh, anti-christianity and they do it openly but in china there are several christians in china because there are underground cells that are working but i said that to establish this You know where the revelation about the cell came from? It came through the ministry of Paul Yonkito, the man who founded uh, who passed the largest church in the world. Do you know the people who he used to start the cell? He used the women. The women were the ones who fronted and assisted him in the work. And the church, that church, is the biggest church in the whole world. He passed I think two years ago. or So I'm not complicating here women can make a difference anywhere women are empowered they do make a world difference the second thing so that's the personality she was a woman somebody said she, she was a woman now that means that as a woman don't despise yourself as a woman don't underestimate yourself as a woman don't limit yourself and don't allow people to limit you praise the lord have noble dreams have bigger dreams dream bigger than just having three children and raising them and letting them school abroad raise think of how your life will be so useful to the kingdom of god that eternally you will be remembered i'm not communicating here you have four children you have five children but if you don't get children for eternity there's no remembrance of you on the other side are you here with me are you here with me <laughs> i hope you, you the spirit of god is ministering to somebody's heart so that's the first thing we see her personality she was a woman god who can use men also can use women Somebody say, God can use men. And God can use women. And this is a church where women who are willing and ready to work for the Lord will be empowered to do it. Say a better amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She was. Her personality was that she was a woman. Number two, she was passionate. That's the second thing. Passionate. And I'm going to talk about this next week. My time is up. I trust that you've been blessed this morning. Lydia was a passionate woman. Super, super passionate. And we are going to see that in our subsequent study. By Acts 16, verse 14 to 15. Acts 16, 14 to 15. He said, one of them, one of them was Lydia from Titeria, a merchant of a expensive purple cloth, who worshiped God. As she listened to us. the Lord opened her heart, and she accepted what Paul was saying. Now look at verse 15. Thank you, Holy Spirit. One woman, Lydia was from Titeria, A dealer in expensive uh, testers. May God empower you to do great business. We'll come and talk about that as well. Dealer in expensive testers. Known to be God-fearing woman. As she listened with intensity to what was being said. The master gave her a trusting heart. And she believed. Verse 15. Ah, yeah, yeah. As she was baptized along with everyone in her household. Did you see that? Everyone in her household. Look at verse 15. Look at that. She said in the search of hospitality, if you are confident that I am with you in this, believe in the master truly. Come with me home and be my guest. We hesitated, but she wouldn't take no for an answer. May you be that kind of woman. Yeah. <laughs> the people who refuse to take no for an answer because they want to advance the cause of Christ, they are never forgotten. They are never, 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 never forgotten. Never forgotten. One of them was Leah who was from the city of Tartuia. Then after she and her family the family there is not Listen, the family of people who are living with her not as in uh, husband wife because that's not the incident here but everybody in the household, it's a big house, she had a lot of people living in the house, feeding from her table, how hospitable are you, how open are you, when you even come to church, do you even have time, do you even pause to greet somebody and smile at somebody, or you are just into yourself, into your car into your family, when you close you pick your children and off you go As if you have gone to uh, a cemetery to just uh, watch over. Listen, you met people. Interact with them and your life will never be the same. This year, you will be an uncommon Christian. May the grace of God rest upon you. May the anointing of the Holy Ghost cause you to rise up and become an uncommon believer in Christ. In Jesus' precious name. Shout an amen if you believe it. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word. And then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' precious name, amen. And amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We we'll look forward to having you join us again and again. You are blessed.
0: Pastor Afuaqa has just placed in your hands the key for all round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuaqua on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 pm to 8 pm our church auditorium is located on the top floor of nanama Ejakoma plaza opposite the unity oil station Santata kumase ghana alternatively you can join us online for our services on embassy of Life chapel facebook or youtube pages god richly bless you oh, no.